morning City Base family and friends. It's great to have you join us again this morning and I trust that what I've got to share with you this morning will really be a blessing to you. What I want to speak on this morning is a command for courage. In other words, we need to take courage. All of us need courage in this world that we are living in. Fear comes to us all and if we will allow it, it will grip our hearts and cause us to be ineffective in the kingdom of God. God's desire is for us to be courageous people. In fact, he commands it of us. Courage is to fully understand the odds and to nobly act, often contrary to your own selfish interests, due to a commitment, sincere love or a moral conviction. What we are called to as Christians, we have been called to live differently. Love differently, believe differently, trust differently, and this all takes courage. And this goes against the flow of the world. And if we lose courage, we will get knocked down and we won't get back up again. When we lose courage, we end up with a defeated mentality and it will keep us in a place of feeling lost, inadequate, hopeless, in that place of woe is me. There are so many stories in the Bible of courage. Abraham, David, Job, Daniel, Joseph, Paul, Peter, just to name a few. And this morning I'd like to look at two stories of courageous men. And the first one is Moses. And the first story links over into the second story. Moses was a man of little courage when he started out, but then became a man of great courage. Moses was a Hebrew who was born in Egypt into a life of slavery. He had a sister named Miriam and a brother named Aaron. And Pharaoh had become afraid of the Israelite slaves because there were so many of them. And he ordered all the baby boys to be killed. But Moses' mother protected him. She saw that he was a special baby and she kept him hidden for three months. When she couldn't hide him anymore, she made a little basket boat and placed him in it and hid baby Moses in the reeds on the banks of the Nile River. He didn't stay there for very long because Pharaoh's daughter came along and she picked him up, but she was unable to nurse him. So she hired a Hebrew woman to come and do the job. And this woman just happened to be Moses' mother. After Moses was weaned, the Pharaoh's daughter raised him in the palace, surrounded by all the luxuries of Egypt. He grew up in the palace, but he knew that he was a Hebrew. And later on, when Moses saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave, the Bible says, looking this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Not the greatest cover-up, because the next day a Hebrew slave called him out on it. Moses became fearful of what would happen to him when Pharaoh found out what he had done. So Moses reigned for his life and went to live out in the desert of Midian for 40 years. Fear showed up again when God appeared to him in flames of fire from within a burning bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up, is what Exodus tells us. God wanted Moses to rescue the Israelites from Egypt. 
Moses was again afraid and gave excuse after excuse, one being that he stuttered. Moses told God, please send someone else. But God didn't want to send someone else, and he got angry with Moses. To overcome Moses' fear, God recruited his brother Aaron to assist him, promising to help them both. Moses rose to the challenge. And through the, the long story of the ten plagues and Pharaoh's opposition, he led the Israelites out of Egypt. You have to be courageous to lead a whole nation of people into a desert of all places. We see later on that Pharaoh changed his mind about letting the Israelites go. And so he chased them down with his army and caught up to them at the Red Sea. And the people were afraid of what was going to happen to them. And Moses stands up and he tells the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. He also prophesied, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And he was right. Moses led them through the Red Sea on dry ground by the power of God. That was just the beginning of Moses' courageous leadership. Moses' courage came from being close to God. The job God called Moses to do was full of difficulties and challenges. Moses never hid his emotions or questions from God. They even spent 40 days together on top of Mount Sinai. And God gave Moses the two tablets of the covenant law, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. But back down at the bottom of the mountain, we see the people got tired of waiting for Moses. And they made an idol and started worshipping it. And this made God angry. And so God offered to kill them all, making Moses into a great nation instead. But here we get to see another glimpse of Moses' courage as it is starting to become bigger and, and he's starting to become more and more courageous. Moses sought the favor of God on behalf of the people. Exodus 32 verse 11 says, But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. And God heard Moses, and he didn't act on what he was going to do. We see Moses becoming even more courageous as he asked God to see his glory. He saw parts of God no one had ever seen before. In Exodus 34 verse 6 to 7, it says this, and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. For 40 years Moses led the Israelites, and God kept his promise to always be with him. Even when Moses messed up due to his anger, the Bible says about Moses, since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. This brings us to the second character that I'd like to look at this morning, and that is Joshua. And it's here that we pick up the second story. Joshua was a man of God. He used to spend time learning from Moses, and he knew what it was to be in the presence of God. Moses' time here on earth was up, 
and it was Joshua's time to take over the role of leading the Israelites. And God comes to him and he gives him this command. In Joshua 1, verse 7 to 9. Joshua 1, verse 7 to 9. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do everything according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Being full of courage has nothing to do with shouting and being all loud and acting strong. It has to do with knowing who you are in Christ. It has to do with God in us, not in our ability. It takes courage to stay on course and do what God has asked you to do. Joshua needed it to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And we need it to stay on course and carry out the mission that God has for us. In Joshua 5 verse 13. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Joshua goes up to this man with a drawn sword. And you have to be full of courage to do that, especially in those days. And Joshua asks this man, Are you for us or against us? Neither is the man's reply. I'm not here to take your side or their side. I'm not here to take sides. I'm here to take over. This is not your battle. This is my battle. Joshua, I'm not on your side. As commander of the Lord's army, you are on my side. And if you and I are going to be people of courage and understand courage, then we have to understand that the battle is not our battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. When it comes to fighting these battles, we are not hoping that God is in it with us. We're not hoping that God is in what we are doing. God is saying to us, you are on my side. And the question is, are you still on God's side? Or are you doing your own thing, hoping that God is going to be in it? When you know that you are on God's side, then it becomes easy to stand in courage. The battle is the Lord's. The question being asked is, are you still on his side? Yes, we are in a battle, but he is in control. He is not backing us in what we are doing, but we are backing what he is doing. <clears throat> From the story of these men, we can learn lessons to help us become courageous. 
And so I'd like to go through five points this morning. And the first one is set our mind. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 2 says this. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. The command is set your mind on things that are above. Most times the battle that we are involved in are in our minds. And the command that we have been given is to set our mind on heavenly things, on things above. When your mind is set on things above, you find courage. What are you setting your mind on? The second point is fix our eyes. In Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. If our eyes are on the world, what the world is doing, on our finances, on the government, on the economy, on the church, on the pastor, you will be let down. You will become discouraged and become fearful. The first point I made was set our hearts. And the second one is to fix our eyes. Who do we fix our eyes on? Our eyes need to be fixed on Jesus. That gives us the ability, the tenacity, the strength to endure and to press on. Not when we are looking around us at the storm, but when we are looking to Jesus. That gives us courage. When we look to Jesus, we don't see the storm raging around us. All we see is him in front of us. The third point is, incline your ear. Isaiah 55 verse 3. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love, promised to David. Hearing God and inclining our ear to God gives us courage. Decisions that we make impact our lives as well as other people's lives. And true courage is the ability to hear from God. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. If we are serious about God and being on his side, being courageous people, then we are going to have to hear from God. How did Joshua defeat the most fortified city? He heard from God. He knew what God wanted him to do and he had a role to play and they did what they were supposed to do and God did the rest. See, Joshua heard from God. This is what gave him the courage to be able to say to the people, we are going to march around the city for seven days. And then on the seventh day, we're going to sound the trumpets and shout and make a great noise. And the walls will come tumbling down. What gave Joshua courage? It was his ability to hear God. To trust God because he had heard God. When we make decisions on our own, or just seek counsel from others, we put ourselves in a place of making a big mess. Oftentimes we are too lazy to go before God and ask him what we should do. Go to God. 
and hear what he is saying. There's nothing wrong with going to our friends, but have you gone to God? What has he said? What he says goes regardless of what other people might say. Many times the reason we'd rather go to our friends is because we don't like what God has said and we are trying to get others to side with us. <laughs> How ridiculous. God knows what is best. The fourth point is lift up your hands. In Psalm 63 verse 4 it says, I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. Lifting up our hands is a sign of surrender. Lift up your hands in surrender to the one who is greater. Submitting to his authority will help us in the command to be courageous. What we are saying is I am giving it all to you. Do what you want with me, Jesus. Galatians 2 verse 20 says this. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith and in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. And the next point comes from Matthew 28, from verse 16 to 20, the Great Commission which we know so well. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, and this is the important part, they worshipped him, and some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. When they saw Jesus, they fell at his feet and they worshipped him. But there were some that doubted. And then the commission came. The great commission came from a place of worship, reverence and honour. As they worshipped him, he commanded them and commissioned them. Again, Jesus wanted them to know, this is not your thing. This is my divine thing. Out of this place of worship and awe, knowing that it is God's thing, we find courage. And this courage keeps us motivated to do what God has called us to do. Don't neglect the divine element of what God has called you to what we are involved in has divine nature so we can stand strong. When we lose the divine nature, we lose the significance of what we are doing and everything that we are. And what we do then gets limited to us and our thing. When we lose the divine nature, man's needs become the priorities. And when that happens, Courage goes out the window. Fear enters the heart of man. This is not how Christ intended us to live. I want to encourage you this morning. Be bold and very courageous. Set your mind on Christ. Fix your eyes on him. Incline your ear to him. Lift up your hands in surrender and worship him. He is worthy to be worshipped. You see, the big thing about these men of God is they looked to Jesus, they heard from Jesus, 
They lifted up their hands in worship to him. They surrendered to him. And this is what God wants from us. And when we do this, courage enters into our hearts because we know what God wants from us. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Let us be a courageous church. Let us be a courageous people. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let us hear what he wants us to hear. Let us lift up our hands to him and let us worship him. God bless you. And can I pray for us this morning? Father, thank you that you are in control. Father, you have said that we must be courageous and strong. This morning I want to pray for our people, the people that are watching this morning, that Father, they will become courageous people because they will know what you are saying. Their eyes will be lifted up and they will be seeing you and they will not be worried about the storms that are going on around them. The things that they are listening to will be out of your word and that produces courage. So Father, I pray for us this morning that we will be a people of courage, a people that you can rely on to carry out the work that you've asked us to do. I ask this in your wonderful and precious name, Jesus. Amen. May God richly bless you. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.